Hello. Welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski, and I bring to you the delightful sounds of Fago Red Pop, naturally and artificially flavored strawberry pop. Delicious. And we have with us two guests who will introduce themselves in order of increasing creepiness. Hi, I'm Doug. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there'd be some jockeying for position, but no. <laughs> well, at least there's only two, so it's not really clear how far apart they are in creepiness or As opposed where they are on the scale. Is, uh, it's relative, you know? that's true so hey adam you got a show how is it how's it been i'm sorry what you're you're in a show i wasn't a show i mean i guess i'm still in a i'm in a different show but yeah i wasn't a show how how is the show that you were in and how is the show that you are in what (laughs) how how do you like show business adam well there i hear there's no business like show business (laughs) <laughs> well that tells us something i guess if you had to choose a business that was like show business what business would it be well what counts as show business i would think the no business because <laughs> that's the only one that there is like show business ask your question again properly please <laughs> how was million dollar quartet it was good thanks for asking yeah it went pretty well we ran for three weekends uh, opening night, I split my pants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the second to last song, I jumped and uh, came down spread a little too far apart. And the pants were like, nope, we're not comfortable with this. <laughs> and so I felt it go. And I was like, do I turn around and any part in the rest of the show? No, I don't. Okay, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fine. And then the next night, I broke a guitar string halfway through the show. It's a it's a show where I don't really le- ever leave the stage. So it meant that for the rest of the show, I just was down a guitar string. And had to, while on stage acting and singing and stuff, had to work out, okay, how do I get around this? Let's mm. say if you had it on stage with you, you could have just done it and like, because that's a thing that happens. It is. Uh, it's sort of more the thing where the roadie then brings you out a replacement guitar, but oh, we didn't yeah. have anything like that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could yeah, be the rest a, of the show. A whole array of guitars. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah, the, somebody fix this. <laughs> I'm famous. I'll wait. Yeah. The bigger issue was that uh, when it broke, it apparently sent some of the other strings out of tune. Uh, so uh. there was a lot of like, playing songs realizing some of my strings are out so try to not play those strings so much and the song <laughs> try and tune surreptitiously to get it back in a tune between songs which sometimes is no more than like a line of dialogue <laughs> yeah it was an event and then the sunday show went fine and then the second weekend was fine and then the third and final weekend the friday night i was on my way to to the show and uh, I got rear-ended in a six-car incident on the freeway. Oh. Yeah. I was the front car, so I. by the time the impact force got to me, I was, had more or less dissipated. Such that uh, I was fine, and the car doesn't even have visible damage, other than you can see that the bumper went in and came back out, because the paint's kind of got that crinkle on it. But it did mean that I had to wait around for uh, an hour, while the police did their thing. Ugh. 
So what that meant was that I was 20 minutes late for the performance. Ah. <laughs> which is a slight problem because I start the show. <laughs> so they held the audience for 20 minutes. Uh, I think they told them I was in a car accident. So they, I think, were they ready to give restless. me the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, they were. It wasn't and the I, Blues Brothers when you showed up. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. So I got there. Send out Cab Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think the uh, the director and um, artistic director of the show, who's the same person, I think he was out there kind of entertaining them a bit while they waited for me. That's admirable. Yeah. So, yep. I, I got there, had enough time to throw on my costume, and then I went out on stage. I didn't even have my guitar properly tuned. Which meant it was another night of surreptitiously tuning my guitar <laughs> during the show. Jeez. But yeah, uh, that taught me that I uh, I knew what I was doing and didn't need to stress out about it because I could just walk in and do it without a problem. So that was fun. We have a special cameo from Brianne Gobeski to talk about things related to it. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. Um. From what I saw, Adam did do an excellent job in the show. I saw the show three times, so and every time you just got progressively better and better and better. Um, except that night when he got into his accident was actually my opening night for Hello Dolly. Oh, that's what I, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I had gotten a text message from him, which, you know, was really sweet. Break a leg, hope you do great. I was like, aw, he cares. I didn't find out later that he sent no, that. No, no, no. Oh, oh what? Oh, yeah, okay. I, I sent that on the side of the road. He sent that on the side of the road. <laughs> So after the show and her show, she was like, we're going out to IHOP. Do you want to meet us there? And I was like, sure. So I met him. I met him there. And uh, I knew it was Brianne's opening night. And I knew that I was fine and the car was fine. So I was like, I won't worry her and tell her that I was rear-ended. So I got there. And she's like, how'd your show go? And I was like, uh, it was okay, I guess. And she's like, it's just okay. I was like... Well, uh, we were 20 minutes late because someone got rear-ended, and so we had to hold the show. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> "She was like, wait, who got rear-ended? Did you get rear-ended? And I kind of smiled and pointed at myself. <laughs> and so <laughs> at, at this point, we were in IHOP, but they hadn't been seated yet, so I was just sitting on the bench out front with them, and she literally pushed me off the bench. <laughs> so... If he wasn't injured by the crash, he was more likely to be injured from the fall. My voice probably jumped a couple octaves in the how dare you. <laughs> you. You didn't tell me? I didn't. Yeah. The woman that was playing Dolly was there with us and she had just met Adam and she didn't know me. And nobody knew what we were talking about, mind you. All of a sudden, they just see me shove my husband off of the bench and he's now on the floor and he's laughing and I'm looking like I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> it didn't realize. And so she was like, oh, it's that kind of relationship. <laughs> oh, and uh, Tyler chose that moment to use the bathroom. So he missed it and he was sad. Oh, Although I'm pretty sure he gave you just as much of a glare when you came back and he you did tell him the story. <laughs> I also like that the others in your show who know me were also kind of doing the, ooh, you didn't tell Brienne, she's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of that. Yeah, because the show ended, I was like, all right, time to go tell my wife I was in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now they're still asking you. They are still bringing it up, too. Yeah, I'm never going to live this down. They're like, drive safe. <laughs> I like the idea that Adam was like, I'm not going to tell her. And the, the comedic opportunity arises. He's like, all right, well, <laughs> so much for that plan. <laughs> I may have mentally planned on the drive over to IHOP. The funniest way to break it. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't quite work that way because in my head they were going to be all seated and so pay attention to me when I said things. And instead they were all in their own little groups because of IHOP's, you know, yeah. waiting. It was Halloween and it was homecoming for the local high schools. Yeah. So it was covered with yeah, so it was busy. cheerleaders decorated in weird zombie outfits. So, but yep, that was the, uh, that was the show. I had a great time. Brianne said she liked it. I did. And the women, the people that enjoyed it very much from the audience, it was very interesting to listen to and watch, do audience watching. Um, especially the one woman that was so moved that she just jumped out of her chair clapping on the one and three the entire time through the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the woman that ended up, your mother ended up finding out about the show. Oh, yeah. My mom sends me an email from... A comment on Facebook she saw that was like, go see Million Dollar Quartet in Fountain Hills. It's incredible. Something like that. And she was like, yeah, I went to high school with this person. They don't know that you're my son. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, she just happened to be out there and nice. saw the show or whatever. So I was like, oh, great. Wow. And yeah. And then uh, Paul saw the show and he liked it too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was really good, and oh, I also what? really liked hearing Brienne in the audience. <laughs> when I was watching that recording, I was like, "There she is." <laughs> was there a Zoom link or something, and I missed it? Uh, there was a uh, there's a a streaming link that I don't think I'm really supposed to share, but I shared with Paul because he was my guitar coach. Oh, okay. I, I paid the entrance fee. <laughs> well, I'm glad that all of your breakages during that show run were superficial, Adam. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mounted the stories. <laughs> By the way, that is not the way that I expected the uh, car accident story to go because I figured Brienne was going to learn that you were in a car accident and then be like, oh no, was he texting while driving? <laughs> oh, oh, got it. Uh, I see. Well, I was going to say that the... Uh... So when you said you could hear me laughing out in the audience, the uh, woman that was sitting in front of me in that show particular gave me so many nasty looks every single time that I cheered. And so I started to become more obnoxious and surreptitiously leaning forward. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) She was really like glaring, like like shooting daggers if looks could kill. Because I was like, I can cheer if I want to cheer. (laughs) How dare you enjoy the show? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm pretty sure that I stood up really fast as a stand, like standing ovation, and I blocked the camera because it was right. So, well, was you'd right. have to ask Paul; he would know. I don't remember you ever blocking the camera. <laughs> I don't remember any standing ovations. <laughs> <laughs> that was the weird one because that one it was a, nobody knew that the show had ended. Well, let's but check the, the tape. <laughs> <laughs> And then the final show, you got two standing ovations. Yeah. Final show, we got two standing ovations. And one of them was for your song. Because the way the show ends is you have a little story about Million Dollar Quartet is the 
inspired by a true story musical from the time when Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, Elvis Presley, and Jerry Lee Lewis were all in the same recording studio one day. I was playing Carl Perkins. Um, and so we have like a little storyline within it while we're kind of jamming out. And then that ends. And then after that, there's like a four song concert. So when she says we got a, a double standing ovation, what she means is when the show part ended, we got a standing ovation. And then when the concert part ended, we also got a standing ovation. Oh, by the way, yeah, actually, you did block the camera. <laughs> <laughs> The credits were already rolling, so I, uh-huh. <laughs> and so you just kind of took up the left half for a second, and then I see your head turn in silhouette, and then you kind of duck down a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> nice. That was my addition to the show. Yeah, so that was my show. That's how it went. And uh, I guess I did a good enough job that the director was like, hey, do you want to be on our Christmas show? And I was like, yeah, sure. Do oh, I have to uh, learn lead guitar? No? Then fine, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just you. They asked me to be in the show, too. Yeah, but you weren't in Million Dollar Quartet. They already liked you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The point was that he must have liked me if he wanted me back. We already knew he liked you and wanted you back. Or they could have just been cute and wanting a husband-wife thing. Yeah, but do you really be cute if you think the person you're asking isn't very good? That's a fair point. See? Just let me have this. All right, I'll let you have it. <laughs> All right, so Brianne's, uh, that's Brianne. She's going to fade back into the ether, and she's going to say goodbye Alex style. <laughs> Bye! No, she's going to say Wait. goodbye Alex style. What was Alex style? Oh, okay, so yeah, I'll see you guys later, and I had so much fun, I think Charlie should sing a song about it. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I expected that. <laughs> <laughs> when a problem comes wrong... Sing a song about it. When I'm on the podcast, I have to sing a song about it. In the middle of a sentence, sing a song about it. Da na 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 na. Sing a song about it. Da na 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 na. Sing a song about it. There we go. All right. Sing a song about how much fun Brian had talking yep. on the podcast. And, yep. and, and, and what the next topic will be. And what I'm, that is to say, in the style <laughs> of what? Brian, you gotta come back and tell him what kind of style he should sing in. In the style of Carl Perkins singing Blue Suede Shoes. Carl Perkins singing Blue Suede Shoes. Well, it's basically the same as the Elvis one. I don't think there's enough difference. Just sing Blue Suede Shoes. You don't know Blue Suede Shoes, I don't know Blue Suede Shoes, no. No. I mean, I know that it's a song. He's aware it exists. She is giving you the universal gesture of WTF. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> arms stretched out shoulders slightly raised quizzical look on her face what else he got he's a philistine great balls of fire she wants you to do some rockabilly okay sure all right well adam started his wonderful story brianne brianne was listening but didn't think it was good enough so she came on and added her bone part and told us all about uh, and told us about how she shoved him off a bench uh, this, what song oh, is this supposed to be? I, I don't know. I thought it was Heartbreak Hotel for a second, but then it shifted. <laughs> they were all sitting on an IHOP bench. <laughs> Adam had just gotten rear-ended. She, oh, this is a this is a particularly tough one because I just do not know that song that well. Do it's like any Elvis songs? say one line and then <laughs> try to remember the song and then say one more line.
Jailhouse Rock, uh, Hound Dog. Uh, sure, I know Hound Dog. All shook up. You do sure. Hound Dog. All right. This is where it turns out he doesn't know Hound Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks they know Hound Dog until they have to. That's true. <laughs> add new words to sing it. Sing it to improv retelling of what just happened <laughs> and what will happen <laughs> next. <laughs> So Adam was in a musical about Carl Perkins. He was on his way to the show that night, and he stopped real fast, and everyone questioned him. That is not what happened. <laughs> Slander. And then later I on the podcast, came to a full stop because the cars in front of me were full stop, and the cars behind me with some no. changes where it wasn't his fault, but. That's besides the point, because later when he went, I hoppy told Brienne, and she shoved him off a bench, and then she came on the podcast to tell that part of the story and had the greatest time. And then she told me to sing a song about it, and then now we're transitioning to the next part, which is about the metaverse. Ooh. <laughs> That's my least favorite part of that song. <laughs> Which again goes along with me. Uh, it's the part of the show where I take a topic that Adam had presented to me and <laughs> presented as my own. <laughs> yes, keep, keep the tradition alive. Right? <laughs> Now that we no longer have Facebook for you to look on to discuss things I posted. <laughs> yeah, I should we just talk about what we think it is? Well, I think that's all we have, right? I don't think anyone knows what it is yet. Maybe Doug knows. I've inferred a few things from Twitter. I think it's Second Life, but you work all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Second Life productivity suite. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what if we could be in virtual reality? Yes, where we sat down and typed on a virtual keyboard into a virtual laptop. We know that time travel isn't real because no one has come back in time to stop this yet. (laughs) No, no, no. This this is the the time traveler uh, nudged version. The original version was going to be something called the Meatverse. (laughs) Isn't that just what we currently inhabit? Oh no! <laughs> Just out here explains the barbecue sauce, Doug. <laughs> you may joke that you're you're made of meat, but you know Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> he really wants you to know that you're made of meat. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's a lizard man, and he's going to eat you, ape. All right. <laughs> Have you- you guys have you, seen you, that the barbecue sauce the though, video. Right? There's a video, yeah, of of yeah, Mark Zuckerberg like barbecuing in his backyard and it's just as awkward as you would think it would be. Oh, I haven't seen that. I saw one no, where he haven't. was like in the living room and you know, he had like some stuff displayed on shelves, you know, like you'd have like knickknacks or you know, curios. But one of the items was a bottle of sweet baby rays. Oh, just yeah. in the living room. I just That's... know the one where he's in the kitchen and he doesn't know how to eat toast. <laughs> what? Oh, the toast one is great because if you look closely, you realize that they had to do multiple takes 
because <laughs> like from one instant to the net one cut to the next there's a different number of pieces of toast <laughs> it sounded like paul didn't know that you one know, i i have not i did not uh that's an older one, that one. I just imagine him at the end of like a day of filming and he's just like so stuffed he can't eat any more toast. <laughs> Isn't the barbecue sauce thing though, was that him putting it in the background to try to be like a cheeky reference to the fact that his earlier video about smoking meats and having sweet baby rays Supposedly, became kind of yeah. a meme? Yeah. Oh, so he was just mean... trying to be all meta with that. Be like, see, I'm self-aware. Wait, so the metaverse uh, just, is all about memes? <laughs> it's where memes I come to think life. I it was a reference to the meatverse. The metaverse is where the meme minds are. <laughs> <laughs> you take the raw meme material and you put it in the meme generator. <laughs> you add impact font. <laughs> <laughs> I want those JPEGs to be pixelated. Pixelated. <laughs> deep fry them. Then deep fry them again. <laughs> So yeah, Charlie, what's oh. the appeal of the metaverse? Oh, they needed to make something that matched the new company name. <laughs> well, I, fine, I, but... <laughs> uh, I don't... It's the sort of thing that I'm like, I guess when it gets here, I'll have to figure it out. But I read like a paragraph and was like, I'm done. You know, <laughs> I, I just gather, yeah, it's just virtual reality, right? Just yeah. like VR chat Where with things, you know, yeah. fewer, fewer like Hank Hills with samurai swords or whatever, you know? It's like an internet with like more physical presence or virtual presence, I guess. So it's Ready Player One. If everyone was instead of playing video games or whatever, they were just doing Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ready Worker One. <laughs> it's all about fulfilling that power fantasy of having your own office <laughs> <laughs> someday. <laughs> While you have this heavy thing strapped to your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't keep me from my mind office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted someone to explain to me what the, the the appeal of the metaverse theoretically was, as opposed to the real world version Doug pointed out of they needed to deflect from all their horrible PR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best I can guess is that they're going to try to sell it to uh, bosses who are upset at workers wanting to do work from home. And so the bosses can be like, well, they're still at home, but at least now they're suffering like they're at work. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Mattel who recent? it was like recent, like they had posted a job posting that was like work from home, but required like total dedication, no outside like you couldn't split your attention and you uh, should expect uh, unannounced drop-ins from your supervisor at your house. <laughs> at your Wait, house. what? Yeah. Like that was a, that was a real job posting they had put up. Wow. And I think for like Barbie design or something like that. And then, yeah, <laughs> the, the internet kind of went, uh, what is this? Well, I mean, 
Darby designers should have a high level of supervision, I think. So that that one's fair. <laughs> no, they just need the threat of supervision. <laughs> they need the looming idea that your boss could knock on your door. Oh, God. I, I have a bad enough feeling living a uh, two-minute walk away from my work building because I can stick my head out the door and see it. <laughs> so therefore they can see you yeah like i'm comfortable enough that no one's like gonna you know no one's gonna come over and like knock on my door or anything but uh sometimes i like to just pretend that i don't live so close you know like i'm more if i'm happen to be working from home that day and i'm like well imagine it would be a horrible inconvenience to drop into the office for something physical for a second and then i impose that on myself because <laughs> so, people think oh yeah you know it's work from home because you they just assume that i don't just automatically smell terrible on work from home days i can't just turn <laughs> a work from home day into an in-office day without taking a shower first <laughs> paul i need you to come in right now uh... <laughs> like, uh give me a half hour <laughs> <laughs> Actually, give me two hours. I got to do laundry. Laundry. (laughs) (laughs) These pants. I can't do these pants anymore. I have to wash the clothes in the shower with me. (laughs) (laughs) You you get in, (laughs) moisten up, strip down, lather up, redress, (laughs) rinse off. It's a whole thing. Well, you know, you got to shake yourself around in it so that you uh, get work up a good... uh, full contact on the inside of the clothes so that the soap gets there. Then you have to take them off, turn them inside out, repeat. <laughs> yeah. Just picturing you going to the grocery store and asking one of the workers, so w- which one of these soaps do you think works best for both laundry and, you know, human skin? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrifying. <laughs> How much time how much high, high efficiency do Sorry. you think I need for myself? Sorry. <laughs> for my let body. Me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> you ask the employees there. So which brand of laundry detergent do you think best doubles as a body wash? <laughs> I see all these three in ones, but where are the four in ones? <laughs> <laughs> Someday they'll re- release the one soap to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> Gets your hair bright, not just white. <laughs> I oxyclean my scalp every night. <laughs> yeah, I remember on maintenance, that was the one thing they told you was like, if someone spills laundry detergent, do not get it wet, because otherwise, suds for days. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Because one time someone spilled it on the pool table in like the common area. And we had a new worker who didn't know that rule, and so they wet it down, and so they were there for a while trying to get rid of the suds. <laughs> they were just the, in the, the whole yeah. the table. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> get out the get out the bonnet for the buffer, you know, run it over the <laughs> get the extractor for the pool table. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that if I created like a virtual workspace, it would just be using outdated technology. Like you would have to like fax people. You'd like have to write something out by hand and then like fax it to people. But in reality, you were just like writing an on email. Teams. 
Yeah, on teams. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're on teams, but everyone you have to physically take it over to the fax machine. That's yeah. the sad function. <laughs> if you want if you make a typo, you have to get the correction fluid. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the real question is, is this going to involve the blockchain and NFTs? I assume so. I mean, doesn't everything now? So, like, you, you run out of correction fluid and you have to go mint a new bottle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you, get sent, you get sent to HR for right-clicking and saving on a, a memo. <laughs> It's actually against the terms of service to make a copy of this email. You have to come read it on my screen, actually. (laughs) See, you make that joke, but I just envisioned a dystopian future where that is how it works in the metaverse. (laughs) Where they only make one of a particular virtual item per NFT or whatever. And because it's a... It's not an image, right? It's something you're using in the metaverse. They can control the supply. Oh, yeah. One of the recent episodes of Chapo Trap House, they discussed how uh, you can be the one person who owns John Candy's soul. (laughs) (laughs) What? Isn't that basically, if we're NFT-ifying things, it's like, yeah, if it's like selling a piece of the moon or a star or something, then like... Yeah, why can't it just be like, oh yeah, someone like five different people own my soul. They all think they. Well, you, you know. got to go check the blockchain to see who actually owns it. Look, you you just own a copy. All right. I mean, I think you got to split your soul into a certain number of segments, and you have to know ahead of time how much that is in order to create value. You can't be so. I'm becoming a publicly traded soul. So you're saying if Voldemort's Horcruxes were NFTs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter never would have wrenched them from our virtual hands. It'd be so valuable. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just contemplating that. <laughs> just like crypto bros defending Voldemort because they own that NFT. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is very matrixy if you think about it. The metaverse? Yeah, like we're all going to get stuck in the metaverse, just working office jobs. Yeah, but at least that metaverse looked good. All their like <laughs> all their proof of concept stuff was terrible looking. <laughs> imagine if the Matrix, except horrible looking. Yeah, imagine and unbelievable. the Matrix, but but you were stuck in Second Life instead of the Matrix. <laughs> and somehow you believed that was reality. Really feels a lot like a real life Cinco product, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that might be the best summation I've heard. <laughs> they should have just gone all the way and renamed themselves Cinco. <laughs> I don't understand why they have uh, that Zuckerberg guy doing the videos. Why don't you just hire Tim and Eric for it? <laughs> I assume it's someone Tim and Eric found. You know, it's the next Richard Dunn. <laughs> See, we're constructing realities that make much more sense than the one we're in. (laughs) (laughs) Does Metaverse have, like, I know that it's just a combination of common prefix, suffix, or whatever, but, like, was there something else that was the Metaverse first? Like, is this a common term that people are talking about? So so the name comes from the novel Snow Crash. It's a Neil Stevenson uh, cyberpunk novel. 
Woods uh, oh. from like 92, I think. Okay. And he describes the metaverse as sort of like the evolution of the uh, internet. And it basically is kind of like a VR sort of thing. Okay. I uh, I did research on this because I was also like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so like the Facebook metaverse is like the unironic heralding in of our like cyberpunk dystopian future, but without all the cool stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Also kind of an interest now that I'm, you know, another thing that made me think of that, I was like, pretty sure the localization of Persona 5 used the term metaverse for like the alternate when they go oh, into yeah. people's like worlds, you know. Yeah. Metaverse, we got crazy cyberpunk stuff. We just had a global pandemic. This is the Johnny Mnemonic future, isn't it? <laughs> the only thing missing is the dolphin. I still I still need to watch that movie. I've played uh, the pinball machine. So the printed out images from that film, those are going to be what the NFTs are. <laughs> so in order to actually recover your own personality, you're going to have to buy the NFTs. It's the only way to actually get out of the metaverse. It's the only way to log off. A log off fee. <laughs> A log off token. <laughs> now I kind of want to watch Johnny Mnemonic. It's middling. I had an idea for a, either a separate podcast or a spinoff or something where we just watch sci-fi movies, but we, they get determined by someone picks a movie for us to watch. And so, like, Johnny Mnemonic seems like exactly the sort of movie that would get picked to watch and talk about. Oh, yeah. Wait, who who would pick? The way I was sort of envisioning it is you have the two regular hosts and then a guest or two. Like, one of the hosts picks the first one, but then thereafter, the guest picks the next movie that will be covered by someone else. Oh, yeah. Oh. He's like, oh, I think you should watch uh, Metal Storm or something. What's Metal Storm? The video game? Uh, (laughs) I think that's what it's called. I thought Metal Storm was that video game that was really awesome for the NES. Well, that's true, too, but I think there's... But I think there's a movie. It was something like it came out the same day as Blade Runner or something like this. Oh. I have a very dim memory of this. Metastorm? I, I don't think it was Metastorm. <laughs> Beware of the oncoming Metastorm. <laughs> All your NFTs will be wiped away. <laughs> Ooh. All right. It wasn't released the same day as Blade Runner, but there is a movie called Metastorm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. Subway Jared? It's a Charles Band movie. I don't know who that is. Uh, he does a lot of like um, uh, B movie horror and stuff. Like I think he's like behind like Reanimator and Puppet Master and things like that. But uh, yeah, this is our Thanksgiving episode. So what are you thankful for? There, it's topical now. Let's start with Charlie. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm thankful for the Christmas episode already being thought up and not having to worry about that. Well, I don't know if not having to worry about it is the right <laughs> phrase. But. Yeah, you should probably mm. worry. <laughs> but it it's true that you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to come up with something until you stop us because you're like, we can't do this. <laughs> wow, Metal Storm's going for a lot on eBay. That's Must be that out of print sense. or something. I'm talking about the NES game. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I knew what you meant. <laughs> You can get a really beat up cartridge for eighty dollars. Wow, that's a lot more than like the two dollars I paid. Yeah, that's that's good. It's a good. I'm thankful for I'm thankful for Metal Storm. I just that's one of those games that oh I didn't know what it was. 
And then we played it for our Nintendo rating. And then I played it extensively. Did you beat it or did you get close? Uh, I think I beat it. I think maybe there's multiple playthroughs. I might be wrong about that. Or maybe multiple difficulties. I'm pretty sure I did eventually get through it. Doug, what are you thankful for? Thankful for Paul answering this question for me. Wow. You know, it is it is a, a time to pay, you know, a time of year to well, pay well, it it's, forward. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm thanking you and you're giving. <laughs> so it's been a great year, huh? If I go yeah. now, <laughs> yes. It's, uh, <laughs> I guess if we're looking back on the whole year, does it have to be from this year? Metal Storm wasn't from this year. <laughs> okay, I I know, I know. <laughs> but your um, your fond memories are from this day. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm not thankful for the my ability to remember Metal Storm. <laughs> 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 they can never take that away from me. <laughs> I'm thankful to Pfizer. Because of them, I get great 5G coverage. <laughs> that's a better way of... That's a good way <laughs> to do, do the vaccine angle. <laughs> that, Every citizen a cell tower. I'm uh, thankful for the Barnes & Noble Criterion sale. Oh, yeah. Wait, going, going on in going November. On yep. You're in November. And we weren't informed until just now? Uh, didn't realize you were waiting on me for your... Uh, Wario 64 Criterion Twitter equivalent drops. Honestly, kind of, yeah, though. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the the supply chain problems, I need to get ordering stuff sooner rather than later. All right, well, you all have 18 more days, I think. The listeners, I think, have a full week if they listen to this the day it comes out. I've uh, picked up a few things so far, including a uh, a box set I got for myself that I'm going to wait till for Christmas. That is a Bruce Lee box set I'm looking forward to. So I'm thankful for that. Oh, and I'm thankful to Paul for his Barnes & Noble account, although that doesn't get you anything in the Criterion sale anymore. Yeah. But I saved 10% on my Doctor Who magazine purchase. So that's something. I like that we keep that around so that uh, it makes me feel justified for like being like, I think I'm going to pick up a couple manga at Barnes & Noble today. And I'm like, well, I might as well make it like six, though. I mean, the, that's what the, la- the lady told me if there was if there was something I wanted to buy it because the paper shortage isn't getting any better. Her, <laughs> right. her, her covert ops worked on me. I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's all the reason I need. Paper shortage. That's a new one. Yeah, I, I think I think if anything, I think it's just the, you know, people are loving to buy books right now. I, I asked, I was like, how That's fast does saying. this stuff move? And she was like, we can't keep this manga on the shelves. It's crazy. You know, and everyone's starting new series, so they can't get the, the ones and twos are all sold out. They can't get them. Mm. So they got all these three, fours, five, and sixes sitting around. Yeah, I actually heard that part of the problem isn't so much that the supply chain is broken down, although that's part of it, but it's being exacerbated by the fact that people are actually buying more things than they were. Like, that has continued on into 2021. They've realized that things are cool. Right. And (laughs) I've been on this train this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Buying things this whole time. I didn't need a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, I've bought less. People were like, oh, experiences are all I need. And then experiences were taken away from them. (laughs) So now it's all about consumables. (laughs) What about the experience of looking at the things that you bought? That does bring me joy. Sometimes you know, I walk into the library and just look at my books and smile because they're so nicely organized. Wow. I just, my mind just, 
bounced around a lot when you said the library. <laughs> yeah, my personal library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Bugs Bunny communism meme. Our life. <laughs> Our library or something. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I am thankful for... Oh, there's so much stuff to be thankful for. (laughs) What what material objects? Your PS5? Uh, That was the one I was thinking. Like, that is... I am very thankful for PS5. Because it's really... You didn't let me finish. Oh. Your PS5 scalping business? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, (laughs) it's better than NFTs, right? (laughs) (laughs) Paul? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for helping me secure that PlayStation 4 Pro last year. Oh, you're welcome. Because I'm pretty (laughs) sure that was like the last time it it was ever possible to get one. (laughs) I think you got the last batch of new inbox yeah. uh, pros. Like, I'm so happy you got that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still using it. So, if anything, I have to I have to struggle to not buy and play additional games. I've bought many games this year that yeah. I have yet to open. A lot of shrink wrapped boxes over there. Yeah, as I look over at my $10 copy of Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I feel like I'm holding out for the, the PS5 upgrade on that, but it's like by the time I feel like that well, that I itself it is becoming its own miniature. Purchase. It is, but it's not out yet. Oh, okay. It actually got delayed, I think. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's it's becoming its own miniature original Cyberpunk release. Jeez. <laughs> Charlie, are you gaming at all? When's the last time you used your Xbox One? Oh, I'd have to log on and see. That's been a long time. Uh, Metroid Dread? That was fun. Oh, yeah. You're oh, right. yeah. Nice. Uh, that was a uh, good choice. Yeah. Got all the way through that and all the missiles and energy tanks and such. There's actually one mechanic in it, which the game does not explain very well, which is like or speed burst where you like bust through certain blocks. And there's just like, it's actually very very intricate in this game mm-hmm. and like the game doesn't explain it at all so you start looking it up online like i got to the end of the game and there were like six or seven items i couldn't get and they're like oh well you have to you know run and then turn into a ball and then if you grapple onto something then this doesn't go away and it's like this complex hundred move system in order to get like plus five missiles i think i speak <laughs> for all of us when i say get good scrub <laughs> I did. I did. Jeez. But I was sad that I had to look it all up because it was just not oh, clear. Yeah. I don't know. I maybe you've already played this because you're a Switch owner and so mm-hmm. you've had it forever. But uh I just wanna throw my support behind Hades. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh it's probably the best roguelike I've ever played. It actually feels like you're making progress, even when you're not necessarily making progress. You still yeah, feel like exactly. you're accomplishing things. Yeah. Nice. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I died this run kind of early, but at least I collected keys that carry over into the next run through that I can use to unlock more weapons or things. So, yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah, that was a good one. So, I came home from uh, rehearsal for this Christmas show I'm in. Uh, I think it was two nights ago. And I was like, all right, I'll uh, 
it's like 10 o'clock. I'll sit down. I'll play one run through of Hades, you know, earn some stuff and call it good. And that, of course, was the run through where I made it further than I've ever made it before and beat like this boss that I encountered. That was like the first time I encountered this boss and I beat it, which meant I kept going into the next area. And I was like, all right, here. I, I thought I was going to be playing for 20 minutes, but here it is over an hour later. <laughs> But yeah, I, I would recommend Hades. It's a lot of fun, and I don't think it's terribly expensive. You know, hitting a streak like that reminds me of uh, the first time that I, I I sat down and I was like, I'm going to beat Super Mario Brothers, you know, the first one on NES, because I've never done that. So I sat down, you know, it, it took me quite a while to actually to actually get through it, you know, maybe a few hours of trying and dying and trying sure. and dying. And so... On original I, hardware, or were you safe stating? No, it was original hardware. Okay. Was you know this was uh at home in my uh, childhood bedroom, just sitting and playing it on my GX, my Samsung GX TV. So I got through once, and I was like, oh, okay. And then it just kind of kicks you back into World One. And I was like, well, I'll keep going. And then I proceeded to beat it three times in a row that way <laughs> without, <laughs> without you know, having any game overs. And wow. I was like, oh, I guess I'm done with Mario forever now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like that about wraps it up for this edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And we had with us two perhaps creepy guests. We'll never know. <laughs> Doug Gobeski. Indeterminately creepy guests. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> and Paul Wilcox. Oh, you'll know. You'll know. All right, that waveform collapsed. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. Thanks for listening. We hope you check us out. Don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits. You will be entertained. Possibly. Wait, so you're definitely entertained, but only possibly entertained. Well, I don't want to get sued for false advertising. (laughs) This is is real exciting, describing memes. (laughs) We're going to have to cut this. Yeah, <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of became just the like, oh, is everyone just did everyone just slip into like clicking around Twitter for a second? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I think we stumbled upon it. I think this is the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the real metaverse was the friends we made along the way. <laughs>